I got my scarf, got my old coat. I got a 40 game to go to. 40's on, 40's here again. Back to greet me like an old friend. And well, that's the thing about, that's what I like about. Yeah, that's the thing about, the thing about football. and discuss a much-loved classic of film or TV that none of us has ever seen before. Will we see what the fuss is or just be left wondering what the hell was that? My name is Dan, and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. G'day. And Aiden. <laughs> Catchphrase. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm so thrown by Eden's sudden burst of bogan Australianism. Oh, magnificent. And this week, we are kicking check sides from the boundary line uh, to the Australian classic, The Club. Oh, goodness me. Uh, Eden, a noted uh, AFL lover. Let's play a game, Eden. I'm going to give you the... Oh, I'm going to no. give you the hometowns of some Australian uh, football teams, and I want well, you to give give me their I play moniker. Two? Can we can we go against each other? Yeah, yeah, buzz in, buzz awesome. in. Awesome. Is my name my buzzer? Oh, buzz. Okay. Um, let's go. Gold Coast. Suns. Aiden. Suns. Uh, gold. Gold Coast. Eagles? No, no they, Aiden had that one. It was the Gold Coast Suns. I feel like you're going to be good at this. Okay, Aiden. well, you, I want to just, like... just, 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 just jump in after Eden's failed. Okay, okay. fair enough. Fremantle. Yeah. All right. Okay. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! I might succeed. You won't. Fremantle. Oh. Uh, like, uh, shirts. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, um. Oh. Uh, what? Uh, where where is Fremantle? It's in like Victoria. It's in WA, you idiot. <laughs> WA. Okay. Right. I don't know where Fremantle is. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Swans. No. 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 Um. The Reeds. <laughs> the Reeds. The Reeds. <laughs> as in, 
What other bird exists in As Western in just Australia? just like long grass you find on the riverbank. <laughs> well, that's I. When I think of Perth, I think of that. I've not been to Fremantle. <laughs> I've not it's been the to Dockers, Perth. isn't it, Dan? It is the Dockers, Aiden. Well played. Yeah. All right, uh, one oh. more, one more. I would like to know the okay. team name of Brisbane. Uh, theirs. Because mm. it's alliterative. It'd be alliterative. Oh, they often are. No. They originally Bris- were the Brisbane Bears. They had a name change. Oh, okay. Uh, the Brisbane <laughs> Buckaroos or something. You know, it has to be alliterative, right? Oh, wait, the Fremantle Dockers. It really doctors, doesn't. That's not alliterative. <laughs> Okay. All right. Is it an yes. animal? All right. For, uh, no, so, uh, Brisbane. Uh, 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 the Brisbane Eagles. <laughs> Aiden, no, that's the Lions. Okay. Is yeah, it a bird? Aiden, you are shaming oh. Eden with your football knowledge. I hate footy, so, but I work in the media. You got to know this stuff. We've got at least here some Brisbane Lions. That doesn't sound good. Picking order of who knows what about football. Now, admittedly. I love AFL, have done since I was a, a wee lad. Uh, and so I've always known about the club just because it's a film, it's about Collingwood, you, you hear of it. What about you guys? It's a David Williamson play, so I assume Eden being uh, our resident theatre nerd guy that you would have at least heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it because of the David Williamson play, but I don't think I've ever seen a version of it live. I hadn't seen this movie either, but I am familiar with it. I know it is about a football club, and I really like David Williamson's other plays that I have encountered. How would before. you describe the David Williamson vibe? Like, what sort of is his? What's his thing? Uh, I think that like David Williamson for me is always about like that sort of 70s, 80s Australian uh, voice, that kind of gritty, often violent uh, voice. I, I'm thinking of like things like The Removalists or Emerald mm. City, like where, where it's about strong, blokey kind it's of It's almost dude. like a criticism so, like, of the macho Australian culture. Would that be fair? His work often is criticising yeah, or at least commenting yeah, I would on? Say or... so. Yeah, yeah, what's uh, what's your favourite David Williamson on, I play? I think that there is definitely. Oh, sorry. Go on. Final thought there. Uh, oh yeah, they, yeah. Def- definitely commenting on the sort of rough, blokey toxicity of maybe the Australian male of the seventies and eighties. My favourite play would probably be. Nobody asked. Maybe no, no, Emerald no, no. City. I was asking oh, okay. you, Aiden. I would really <laughs> like to know what Damn. your favourite David Williamson play is. <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm a big Emerald City guy myself. I loved when the um, the curtains get pulled back and the wizard is revealed to just be a guy. Um, that was amazing. And then, yeah, I think it was Toto that pulled the the, um, the curtains back. Uh, it, I felt like he was really strong in his writing there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hadn't heard of the club, though. No. Hadn't seen this one. Nor... Uh, do I wish I hadn't or had oh, or whatever the just okay fine just, fine. just spoiler quell. alert oh quell the, the grumpy Grinch of the podcast didn't like the didn't like the movie perhaps uh, perhaps no great surprises there for any of our <laughs> listeners I, I heralded last week as I set this up that I was 
somewhat certain that you would not be happy. But before we get into that, uh, let me just, for the listener at home, give them a little recap in, in case there is one or two of our listeners that have not seen the club. Well, you work to earn a living, but on weekends comes the time You can do whatever turns you on, get out and clear your mind Me, I like football, there's a lot of things around When you line them up together, the footy wins hands down Club is a sharp satire that exposes cut-throat shenanigans behind the scenes of the Collingwood Football Club. Released in 1980 and based on the 1977 stage play by prolific Australian playwright David Williamson, the club tells the story of a footy club in crisis and the huge egos of coaches, captains, club presidents and cronies that all want to protect their precious piece of turf amidst the turmoil of a losing season. Collingwood, led by its president, meat pie factory owner Ted Parker, and former champion coach and player Jock Riley, pay a record price of $120,000 for Tasmanian star Jeff Hayward, in an era where many players were lucky to receive more money than they spent on the weekly post-match piss-up. The team, led by macho coach Laurie Holden and pugnacious captain Danny Rowe, welcome Hayward to the club with the coldest of shoulders. And as the club loses game after game after game, pressure piles on all stakeholders who are all too keen to point the finger of blame at each other. Eventually, Coach Laurie and the Tassie star Jeff Hayward make amends and lead the club on a winning streak charge to the VFL Premiership, highlighting the hypocrisy of the key clubmen who are all too happy to forget the acrimony of the previous months in the face of their unexpected success. The club was filmed on location at Collingwood's headquarters and it artfully blends real VFL game footage with staged sequences involving the film's stars that were filmed under the supervision of VFL legend Tom Hafey, who appears as an assistant coach in several scenes. The film features many cameos of players, journalists and VFL figures who would have been as well-known to fans in that era as names such as Ablett and Franklin are today. The club, directed by Bruce Beresford of Breaker Morant, Driving Miss Daisy and Double Jeopardy fame, grossed $899,000 at the Australian box office. Woo! But, you know, that's about $4 million in today's money. And it was warmly received by both sport and cinema files. It is one of 50 films chosen for preservation by the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia. But none of that matters today. It is, of course, all about the opinion of today's first-timer, me. So what say I? Is the club a 60-metre torpedo goal after the siren to win the game? Or just a clanger kick, floating out of bounds to induce nothing but the groans and heartache of those who witness it? Now, Dan, obviously we're listening to this as we record it, not... It's after edit, but when you did that whole spiel, you you played Fifty Cent in the club um, while while you uh, talked and stuff. Is that no? I believe I probably <laughs> played up there Kazali, the famous mm, AFL song, which features so ah. prominently in the film. Oh, it's a shame. I just feel like it would have that fitted. song was awful. Up there Kazali. 
uh, in there and fight. It was stuck in my head for like an hour or two after Up the movie. There it was terrible. And Adam, show him your fights. Yeah. Did he write the song for this movie, or did the song already exist before the movie? Bizarrely, I know the answer to that. Uh, well, not bizarrely, because I read the Wikipedia entry for the movie. Uh, actually, you know what was more informative than the Wikipedia entry for this movie? Clearly not enough fans of this movie getting on the Wikipedia page. It was a tad scant. Uh, I got the best information about this film from the Amazon Prime trivia notes that you can read. There were 51 trivia notes Aww. for this movie on Amazon Prime. You've so got such a fulfilled Amazon life, Prime. don't you, Dan? you got so much, so much going on, but you got time for... 51 trivia notes That's from it. Running the a club. school, running a family, but... <laughs> well, not running a family. I'm sort of like the two I see in the family, let's be fair. But uh, still have time to deep dive trivia notes uh, on Amazon Prime. Shout out Amazon Prime. Send us some sponsorship money. <laughs> but the song, um, the song. <laughs> the song was released the year before to promote Channel 7's uh, AFL discussion show. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, has it been used a fair bit since? Because oh, I feel like I oh, remember Eden. seeing it in like commercials. Oh, and every single so grand naive, game. little Eden. So naive in the what? world of what? AFL. What? Eden. Oh, I hate Eden, the song somewhere so much. Somewhere at the <laughs> AFL headquarters, there's a glass cabinet. And every year in September, they get the hammer out and they smash it behind the glass. Out comes the up there Kazali guy and he performs at the grand final. Then they lock him back up for another 12 months. Is he trying to escape? They have to keep locking him up because he does, he hates the no, song he, as well. He's on cryogenics. Yeah. It's like Walt Disney. They just, he, they just he literally him and stuff. He finishes the song and he tries to leap to his death from the high stage. But, uh, they they yeah. always manage to just just hoik him back into cryogenics. No, it's awful. It is every. I agree with you here. I love AFL, but this song freaking stinks, and it is rolled out every grand final day. It's it's garbage. It's garbage. And the famous Kazali yeah. Mark, uh, it's all a bit naff. Like you know, no one even knows who Kazali is anymore. People yeah. pretend to like yeah, so the song. Is this, the, the song is about like singing, singing about some guy who was up there with the greats. Like, what's the what's the deal? Or like, he, he's good at jumping. Yeah, he's I don't good know. at. It's called marking. He's he's a high flying marksman. <laughs> Marks, right. okay. we're, we're getting slightly <laughs> sidetracked. What did you think our first time at Dan? Oh, yeah. look, it's what did I compare it to at the end there? It's it, look, it's not a 60 meter torpedo to win the game after the siren, it's probably more like a 40 meter kick on a tight angle when your team's six points down at the half and goes through, you're tied up, you've got the momentum going into halftime. It's a good moment, but it's not like an indelibly meshed in etched in your memories forever moment. Are we going to talk in code this whole podcast? I got no clue what you're talking about. Could we... I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. Did, you did you guys... Thumbs up not... or thumbs down might be easier. You... I told you all to, to bone up on your <laughs> AFL analogies. Did you not uh, do any boning on your analogies? Sorry, did you just ask if we did any boning uh, on your for the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you first, Aiden. 
Uh, I, I said good day earlier, right? That's, that's, yeah. uh... Eden, what is a behind? Are we still talking about boning? It's when they... Is that... I thought that was... Isn't that a cricket thing where they hit it, like, behind no, the No, that's not... There's nothing in cricket called a behind. Okay, but I knew what a wicket was. That's, that's a pretty good. Sport. Are we still talking about boning? Yeah, but... I... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Look, if if someone's listening and they know what a behind is, they're laughing at you. If they don't know, they don't want to find out either. Um, no, I, look, I quite liked it. I suspect that might be a controversial opinion. At least one third of the panel today. But Eden, give us some of your thoughts. Yeah, I I, I thought that the like. The themes, the dialogue, the acting in the film was actually really good. I I, I thought it was a it was a decent film, but, but I found it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a but there. Um, many butts in very tight shorts <laughs> that were just so hard back to, the boning. to watch because uh, it's there was there was. There was just so much Australian grossness. Define that. Was, what what about uh, this film is Australian gross? So, so I think I think we've said it before on the podcast that like films of that era, like in the seventies and eighties, uh, made in Australia, just seem really like rough or like you know the film quality is low, the audio quality is low, and I think that this has a lot of that as well. It's got like a lot of. Uh, I know, just like, just like rough Australianisms or something in it. And it just, it's painful to look at. And not just that, this movie opens <laughs> with a lot of disgusting <laughs> male breathing. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that straight away as well. If Ugh. the visuals were not on the screen, I would have thought it was well back to boning. Yeah, it it was. It sounded wrong. It, it's got to be a deliberate choice by the director, right? So for those of you that haven't watched it, it, it sort of cuts with like a sort of a, a panoramic shot of the Melbourne skyline, and you sort of start to hear this panting, and it's very, very heavy and Group um, panting group panting and then the sort of camera like slowly pans down and you see a bunch of sweaty topless guys in very tight shorts running through the streets of melbourne huffing and chuffing as they go it's uh it's a very visceral beginning it really it sort of grabs your senses and gives them a fair box around the ears yeah and there's no like other ambient noise like it is just the breathing (laughs) and the breathing is really close to the mic (laughs) There, but there is a lot of Australian grossness in this. Uh, I was, as a young fellow, sort of repulsed by Australian films. They all looked, like you said, grimy and dingy. Mm. Uh, but I like that now. Filmed with hand-me-down American <laughs> yeah. gear. A film, definitely a film lecturer I met gear. once actually told me that the reason the Australian stuff looks worse is it actually looks more lifelike. And they said, so he said, Australian film in that era used a higher definition camera than American stuff, which was, gave it, so the lower definition American cameras gave it more of a soft edge, you know, magical world vibe. Whereas the Australian stuff just looks like 
ugh, it just feels like being in your uncle's gross backyard, you know? Because that's what it was. It's yeah. That seems like an excuse, something mum would say about your artwork that, you know, oh, I can see you didn't colour in the lines, but you've shown real creativity there. Like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Aiden, you've been waiting very patiently. We better let you have an opinion. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm just clear the runway because I need a big run up for this one. Um, let me run you through a couple of the things That's that I've had to That's not an AFL analogy. Would you uh, like to we still, clear, still the... The, <laughs> clear the pitch? No, again, we're back to cricket. Um the pitch that's 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 cricket that's cricket i know that <laughs> uh let me run clear the tunnel clear the tunnel okay here's a list of things that we have watched for this podcast um and you can make up your mind if you thought they were good or not but mac mm. and me um right mcdonald's in the movie so good yep um <laughs> the room brilliant, brilliant. tidying up spoons. with Tidying up with Marie Kondo. Um, Saved me so much space cruel in my t-shirt intentions. Drawer. Famous um, for its steamy kisses. Blade Runner. Um, That's outstanding movie. Absolutely that one. music of Limp Biscuit. Uh, yeah, go know, on, defend that one. Uh, it's a, it's, it's we've a all done it for the nookie, have we not? Relatable. <laughs> um... What else we got here? Uh, BMX Bandits. Um... Another Australian classic. Yeah, look, every single one of those things was better than the rubbish that we had to watch for this stupid <laughs> podcast. This film is the worst. It shouldn't be classed as a film. It should be classed as uh, something that you found at the tip that you're like, oh, Dad, can I bring this home? This looks interesting. And Dad goes, put that down before you catch tetanus. Um, no, <laughs> step away from this film and hear me loud and clear, listeners. If you've never heard of the club, uh, step away. Do not even think about you know curing that curiosity after hearing three grown men talk about it for forty five minutes. Because trust me, it is not <laughs> worth your time. This uh... is rubbish. And it's something that you said in the uh, the recap that you did at the mm-hmm. beginning, Dan, which was you know mm-hmm. so wonderfully said. Thank you. Uh, the National uh, Sounds and Film and Sound film. Archive of Australia. That's the one. Yes, yes. One of only 50 films. Only 50 very, films. Very selective. Very selective. Yeah. Look, uh, that whole place is rubbish because I'm in there. I am in there for a podcast I did. Not this one, but a different one I hosted. Award-winning podcast. The bar is low. The bar is very low to get in that place if this guy is in there sitting beside this film. <laughs> oh, I don't think you'd be beside this film. This this film's probably in the wing that you have to pay money to get into. You'd be, you know, well, look, in I can tell you right now. Area. I am the uh, right beside uh, Martin Malloy's award-winning radio show back in the day. That's a cult classic. Uh, I was one of the first podcasts ever to be entered right, into mate. that place. All right, but All my right. point is your the own bar mind. is low. This film is rubbish. <sighs> I respectfully disagree. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I, I'm glad you appreciate uh, the, this film and my past work, um, but. I don't think it's true. Uh, look, no, look, I 
I knew you that you would hate this. Uh, I knew you would hate it because it's based on a stage play. Um, I had actually mean? read the play. I, I, I've read the play before watching uh, years ago. Like not not years, but like a couple of years ago, I read it. I was thinking about doing it in a, a drama production. Oh, look um, at Dan! He can read. You and your fancy words and books. <laughs> That's true. I'll turn, I can read at least a thousand words. Um, and I, yeah, it's it is very close to the movie. the The play itself is set in the boardroom in real time, so it's like an eighty minute boardroom meeting. So that oh, that sounds be fun. All, yeah. So for you, that would be just like you'd rather cut your eyeballs with razor blades or something. I'm sure. But I, I get paid a, a, a day's work to sit in something like that, not not watch it for fun, <laughs> not pay to go to watch it. So I look, but I think in this it does a good job. It spaces out the dialogue in the movie over a year. And, but it brings out a lot of the key moments. I think it's very faithful, even though it's delivered slightly differently with some of the, the cut-ins of the game and that sort of thing. Um, but look... Do they still have, like, the sort of, like, side story things? Like, of the guy getting, the, you know, the um, John Howard's character absolutely. getting high? And yeah, absolutely. Kind of I, yeah. I really enjoyed the bit of the movie where it turns out he was on hash and he was looking at a seagull flying around and he, he's talking to Jock the Clubman about how the ego was beating its wings and rays of pure energy shone from the seagull. And he tells uh, he tells Jock this incredible story about how he, uh, he's, you know, he fell into an incestuous relationship with his double leg amputee sister and then it started to involve his mum and then his dad found them in bed and kills himself and turns out it was all a lie but you know jock believes it and is trying to use it to ruin his reputation did you enjoy that sort of stuff uh eden i i thought that was hilarious i thought that that entire scene i wrote down in one of my notes like this is Entirely bullshit, right? Because this is ludicrous. <laughs> but I think John Howard does this um, so amazing job in that moment of making you seem like he's telling the truth. Like, he really acts it. Oh, yeah. The fact that I wrote it down, try- it was me trying to convince myself. Like, this has to be bullshit. Did you enjoy right? <laughs> any of those sort of moments, Aiden? Or had you just tuned out the, the frequency of the film's dialogue by then? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, loved it. Super <laughs> was into it. <laughs> Do you even remember the scene? Be honest. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like oh no, look, I won't. I won't go hard at you. I can understand it. It's very. It's it's a movie based on a play. Heavy dialogue. Um. But I, I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think it's that so much. I think that you probably, Aiden, have seen movies based on of plays before. But like, yeah, not Bad Boys. That was a Broadway <laughs> classic. Yeah, that was. Um, absolutely. That's that's I, Arthur Miller. Right? I really love um, <laughs> uh, the Lion King, um, uh, Aladdin. Uh, <laughs> these these are all stage plays after they were movies, though. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> well, the Lion King, of course, is basically the story of Shakespeare's Hamlet. So oh, I'll give you the Lion King. <laughs> basically, yeah, the no, totally, it is. 
It is. It's about. Ah, uh, look. I'll I'll talk about Hamlet till the cows come home. Look, I I think that I think it's more the like the Australian kind of like I think the accents are hard oh. to listen to for a long t- like for an extended period. They're pretty. What's going brutal. on with Australian accents um, thirty plus years ago? Like the Australian voice uh, has softened, changed significantly. Yeah. We've softened uh, with the internet and you immigration and all those sort of things. Like we, we just American TV, yeah, all that stuff. I always thought as well, maybe like the east coast of Australia has more of a, like a twangy sort of sound compared to us who are South Australians. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's very to me. It comes off as very nasal, and there's a real high pitchness to it. Ah, oh, yeah, little bastard. You know, like ugh, yeah, it's really yeah, hard to listen to. <laughs> But not everyone in the film has it. Like, I don't yeah. feel like Jack Thompson has that kind of voice. But a lot of the older guys in the film mm. do. So, I don't know. Like, I, w- yeah. I wonder even if it's more of a people born in, well, what year? Like, the 1920s sort of thing. Like, had that real Australiana, nasally accent. What do we think of the stars of the film? I mean, I think they were stars before we were sort of able to know them as such. But... I certainly know the name Jack Thompson and John Howard, I think, was in Sea Change or something. Uh, uh, Graham Kennedy, the was king this John of TV. First movie? Uh, I don't know, actually. It could have been. Yeah. But uh, Graham Kennedy, I mean, known to me sort of just oh. in clip shows that you'd see in the Logies or for being Burt Newton's offsider. Uh, I think it was the other way around. Dad had talked about. I think it was. Oh, right. So there you well. go. So yeah, he's he. Bert Newton was his offsider, but then yeah, for kids yeah. growing up in my era, Bert has the TV show. He's famous. I thought he was tremendous in this. Stole them. Stole the scenes. I thought he was he absolutely was fantastic. Yeah. Were you surprised by how much you enjoyed? It was so engaging to watch, and so like, yeah. Uh, were you surprised, Eden, by how much you enjoyed his performance? Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't really know him, like you said, apart from. His stuff with Bert Newton, he was called like the king of Australian TV or like king of comedy he, he was on the Australian king. TV. Just the um, king. Yeah. The king. Okay. Sort of like Elvis. Sort of. Um, but different. But <laughs> slightly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they need to, you know, Elvis was the king of rock, you know, Michael Jackson, king of pop. Was Graham Kennedy just the king in general? Was he higher? He could do all of those things better Elvis? than all of those guys you talked about. Yeah, I'm not sure of his right, official well, ranking go. as far as kings. Mm. You can just, yeah, because like, I didn't think that, you know, you can't really compare king to king. And there's a lot of rumours. Anyway. A lot I of rumours that he was the queen as well. But anyway, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that he was absolutely incredible. I thought that his, uh, his performance in like a dramatic role was surprising because I always just assumed that he was a comedy guy. And, you know, he plays some of the comedic moments really well, obviously, but his dramatic acting was top I notch. agree. And uh, what about Jack Thompson? I I feel like Jack Thompson was maybe one of the first Australian actors to almost go global. You know, like he was a bit of a pioneer for guys like Mel Gibson and you know, Russell Crowe. Uh, had you uh, watched any of his stuff? Uh, do you have that sort of figure of him, either of you? What would I know him from? Not really. Like, what for else? Me. Well, I think of big Australian films of that era, he was often, you know, a leading the man. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was often like the guy. Uh, 
but yeah, you don't eat. Neither of you really have much of a uh, picture of him in your mind as a famous. Not like actor. I recognize him, but no, I. Yeah, I recognize him. I know the name, but I don't, I don't really know much of his greater hmm. work. Uh, I've got some Jack Thompson filmography here. So, had done quite a bit uh, before the club. He's uh, in some of these I know just by reputation. The Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith, Breaker Morant. He's in The Man from Snowy River after the club. Uh, He's in Short Circuit. Oh. He's in The Sum of Us. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Short Circuit is in like the Johnny Five, Number Five robot robot with Fisher Stevens and Steve Gutenberg. No way! Who is he? He's the robot. (laughs) Party guest. <laughs> party guest. <laughs> Unnamed party guest. All right. Well, Eden, I, he appears in a I movie called movie. Ground Zero as Tribilco. Oh, look but at that. But he's in other things like <laughs> Some of Us, Broken Arrow. Uh, he's in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Sure. He's in Leatherheads. As. <laughs> the Great Gatsby. So, you know... Oh, like the, mo- the the Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio film. So he's, I feel like he was definitely yeah. one of the leading lights of Australian cinema that did open doors for others. Anyway, let's let's move on. Do we have any final thoughts about the club before we want to get into the scoring phase of the podcast? Anyone? Um, no. Make it end. Well, you didn't even remember one of the... <laughs> you didn't even remember one of the key scenes of the film, Aiden. Uh, what about... I'll address this to Eden, because you were probably asleep or just deep into an Instagram doom scroll by this stage, Aiden. But <laughs> did you find the final bit of the film where the coach oh. Laurie and Jeff Haywood mm. come together and they're going to stick it to Jock and the board and they're going to win those games? Did you find that stirring at all? I did, actually. I That was around the time where they were doing the sort of, like, images in the boardroom that would, like, come to life and sort of do little flashbacky things, which I thought was fantastic. And so in those images showing, like, past glories of the club and then coming back to the present where they're just like, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to do this and you know, rising up to the challenge. I I did find that stirring. I found it more stirring than, like, some of the scenes in Sandlot, you know, sort of bringing it back to some of the other film ones that we saw. I thought, I don't know, I I like that sort of back, what do you call it, backstage at a game? What's the, like, the the behind the scenes of a football And and it's really what the film's about, (laughs) isn't it? It's not really about the sport. Uh, There's a great quote by Lou Richards. Uh, Lou Richards is uh, one of the commentators. Uh, He's a really famous Australian football player and broadcaster, and he was like a Collingwood captain, played 250 games. He won a premiership as captain. And he said of of the film that the club is about the hangers-on, the end of loyalty, the coming of professionalism, big business and transfer. It's about each and every club in the Victorian Football League and about rugby, soccer and baseball too. So... Although I, I'm, I'm with you, Eden, I found that end stirring, but it's not. It's almost tacked on into the last five minutes to give it a happy ending. None of that stuff you see in the stage play, obviously. Uh, but really, the film is right. about the VFL being in this weird transition from very much 
amateur or best semi-professional to becoming the professional organization that we would now know as the AFL. So did you find that part of it compelling? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that in particular, or like the the theme of like having to go from like being stuck in the past and advancing into this new world of what football means going forward in the future, I thought was fantastic. And I thought that like that final scene, while it was just like, you know, a happy ending was sticking it to the man, every single one of them is doomed (laughs) because they can't move forward with how the game is going i guess and that's an interesting take but even though it's a happy ending you sense it's a a doom filled ending Mm. eden did it inspire you we've talked about the power of a sports film to inspire people did you did you get out there and put on some short shorts and go for a little kick at the uh, local oval (laughs) after Uh, I absolutely nah, did me neither. not. <laughs> I... <laughs> Those shorts. I thought it was. I thought. I thought it was a good movie, but it's not like a. It's. I didn't. I didn't think of it as like a sort of a happy kind of fun time. It was the end of an era for VFL Victorian Football League style football. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was entertaining to watch, but oh boy, some of those old, old sort of Australian film styles, those accents really made it I've tough. I've got three <laughs> quick thoughts before we hit the scores. Number one, those shorts, so tight, must have been bad for sperm count in the era. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like, and so I'd like to go back. And so many people seem to be wearing them outside of the game. And do a study of fertility rates among VFL players in the 70s and 80s versus uh, the general male population. Number two, uh, you got to stop pissing on the sandlot, man. It's, it's getting yes. the fans offside. Yeah. And I, I, I had this message from a listener this week to say, just listen to your latest white men can't jump pod. I find myself in a really weird place of loving the way you guys run your pod, top-notch entertainment, but also despising having my childhood chat on. <laughs> Eden, you don't realise the power of that oh. film, the place it has in people's hearts. Hey, I'm, I, I'm just saying this from like my own personal perspective. I, I, I love that you love The Sandlot, and I, I think it's a, a great piece of your childhood that you can cherish and love. I love I, that I you love The young. Sandlot. That is the most patronising thing that's ever yeah. been said on this <laughs> podcast. And if any listeners... Uh, <laughs> have a uh, a dozen eggs ready to go Eden can be found at uh, the following address <laughs> oh whoa 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 what <laughs> third and final thought remarkable to me that Collingwood would allow this this movie to be set as the Collingwood team like you, they don't ever call it Collingwood by name, but it's clearly Collingwood. They wear the Collingwood yeah. jumper. It's filmed in the Collingwood headquarters. It features Collingwood players, but it's about a dysfunctional club. So it's remarkable that any club would attach themselves to this project. It would never happen today in a million years, I don't reckon. It's, it's publicity, did, did, though. Did, like, any of the... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was wondering, like, did any of the performers or any of the producers have anything to do with well, the Collingwood football Lou. club? Kind of, like, didn't... Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire would have yeah, been about three years old. Eddie Maguire. No, Eddie I know. Maguire, not involved in the film. He was a Collingwood president, though. He was he he was the Ted Parker of uh, modern day yeah, Collingwood. Maybe 
So, like, did he, like, inherit it from Graham Kennedy or something? <laughs> like, what? Is there some kind of connection there? Was there some sort of, You know of, like, this film isn't real. It's not a, it was like, it's not a documentary. Either. Graham Kennedy was never the real president whoa, whoa, of Collingwood. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, he was not involved. <laughs> oh, okay. No, but someone like, you know, so I'm trying to say that, like, a TV personality used to own Collingwood or still does own no, Collingwood? Could, no, uh, the, something like... no, clubs aren't owned by people in Australia. Okay. You're... You're drifting okay, here. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the scores. All right. I, I, don't, I know very little about the sport. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. So these guys use their whole body to hit each other. Yeah, I like to see that. These guys can catch a ball from 12 feet in the air. I like to see that. You're telling me these guys run flat out all afternoon? Yeah, right. I'd like to see that. Fantastic putting. He's come from nowhere. 36 big guys in very tight shorts. Yeah, I'd like to see that. These guys spit the dummy at the umpire and get away with it? I'd like to see that. Yeah, I've seen Australian rules. What rules? Kick goals from 70 meters out. <sighs> I'd like to see that. Shoots a goal! And kicks a river! That's unbelievable! Alright. iPhone test. Eden. I'm actually gonna go, I think, pretty low with the iPhone test. It's it's hard to watch, it's hard to listen to. I'm gonna give it a 1.5. Oh, Holy moly. We are starting low and we are about to get lower. Aiden. <laughs> How low can you go? How low can you go? Uh, 0.5. Uh, 0.5. Wow, I'm surprised you gave it anything. Uh, um, I um, I saw the panting um, the first first 30 seconds or so. <laughs> Can't give it zero. You just, yeah, you couldn't look away. Uh, look. <laughs> Dialogue heavy. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, but there was a period in the second third I did uh, get a bit distracted. I could probably only give it a two myself. Um, let's see. Our next category, pop cultural significance or cultural significance. Eden? I'm going to go three. I think there is cultural significance in it. I think it captures a... a, a a certain era in Australian film. I think it captures a certain era in Australian football. I think it's got some celebrities in the, at their early days. It's got Graham Kennedy, who was an established actor at the time. I think there's some relevance there. It's based on a David Williamson play. There's a very prominent Australian playwright. Aiden, One. I'd never what? heard of the film before this week or last week. Just very briefly, tell me why you haven't given it a zero. Well, for some of the reasons that Eden just said, I did bump up my rating uh, to one for the Graham Kennedy for the Up There Kazali, which is probably uh, has impacted Ugh. society for 40 years or so. Um, yeah. I hate that song. Yeah, I, oh, I'm really torn here. I, I suspect in its era, it's very significant. And the club remains a significant play. I think more so than any of other 
David Williams some works. Maybe not Don's Party, but like it was performed. I remember it was performed mm. just a year or two ago by the State Theatre. They had all. It was an all female cast. Um, it it retains significance, and I I suspect it retains its significance perhaps ahead of other Williamson works because of the film. So I'm going to give it a two and a half. Uh, you can... Culturally significant in, in some ways and, and maybe more in a historical sense than in a present day sense. Um, returnability. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Aiden. Just wait your turn. Little little <laughs> scoffer over there. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it a two. I would come back to it at some no, point, wouldn't. I think. Maybe. Uh, if I was on, like, a, a Williamson binge. <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> come to my house, guys, Saturday oh, night. I just went through a Ray Lawler binge. Williamson Marathon. Oh, crazy. Hey, he's got some great, he's got some great plays that have been turned into movies. You bring the, <laughs> the great Merlot spread and I'll bring the liver pate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna love the quince paste ready. <laughs> Did you guys know that quince was supposedly the fruit that Adam ate in the Garden of Eden? Yeah, we said that on the last episode. It was a callback. It was a callback. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Aiden, returnability. Ah, uh, zero. <laughs> There's not a chance in cold hell I'm ever watching that. Ah, <laughs> uh, look. I'm not going to separate it from the theatrical versions. I would love to see this live on stage. I would have loved to have seen the female cast version. So I think for me being interested in the club in some form moving forward, I'm going to have to give it a three. The film itself, I'm probably never watching again. Partner Friendliness. Eden, did you watch this one with Kirsty? Did she just lap it up? She would have loved Jack Thompson's big mistake. I didn't. Uh, uh, awful. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it with Kirsty. Did she um, run into the room worried, I though, think that with Kirstie all that would... panting in the first scene? <laughs> no, I think she'd be, uh, yeah, she'd be more a few worried times. she heard sport coming from the other room. <laughs> What's happened to my <laughs> husband? Where's he gone? <laughs> Uh, look, I, it, I, I, I have to go low on the partner score. Not just because I, I, I just think it's. I don't. Is there a single female character? Jeff, I don't want to sort of boil well, it down to Jeff that. Haywood's girlfriend, who has about three lines, but they also talk about Jock's wife, yeah. who he punches in the face after he loses the grand final. Ah, oh, yeah, that was bad. I mean, it's an era. It's, I don't know. Stop I thought it was. It's an era. You can't I thought it was very everything. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But I think we've got to separate. Now, this is not right about partner friendliness, but for something like that, yeah. clearly so objectionable to be in the movie, is important because I think the work is shining a light on what you said earlier, Eden. The the toxicity of masculinity in Australia. So when you see it in the film, you don't go, ah, yes, I'm going to punch my wife next time I have a frustrating day. You think, yes. ooh, this is awful. I see that yeah. point, and I raise you this point. When Romper Stomper became super popular with actual Nazis and things. The partner-friendly score is difficult here. I don't think it's a good movie to watch for a date night. 
regardless of how you identify your gender. So I'm, I'm going to have to give it a 0.5. <laughs> Aiden? It's a zero from me to the point where my wife told me to turn it off and said, <laughs> do not watch this. Turn this off. You're not wasting your Friday night on this rubbish. I can tell you're not enjoying it. Turn it off. Oh, he watched it on a Friday That's on you, night. Man. That is on you. <laughs> zero. Ah, uh, look, I, I'm going to give it a zero too. There's nothing partner friendly yeah. in this. Like, it is the least redeemable of anything we've ever watched for a date night viewing. I, I think. I, I honestly think you'd be better off watching Romper Stomper as a date night film than you would the club. <laughs> Uh, so that's saying something. So a zero from me rounds out a disappointing category there for Bruce Berriford's The Club. Well, let's take a, a little three-quarter time break there while we uh, see if The Club is in the lead. It's not, by the way. It's really not. Yeah, wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> My mate Greg had his hair replaced strand by strand. I'm regrowing mine with advanced laser therapy. If Tony Lockett says it works, he means it. Call Advanced Hair Studio on 1800 800 500. Well, the scores are in. And uh, if this was three-quarter time, it would be a miraculous comeback to uh, come back from this sort of uh, digitry. It's a score of 16 for the club, uh, placing it a solid nine points above... Uh, the next lowest thing on our list, Cruel Intentions, uh, but uh, placing it 1.5 behind, tidying up with Marie Kondo, and a solid seven <laughs> points behind oh. Bad Boys. So it is a bottom five uh, experience on the My First Time leaderboard. As it should be. Uh, look, I, I think if you love football, if you love theatre, I think this is a worthy watch. Do you have a final uh, word, Eden? I'd I'd rank it higher than Marie Kondo, honestly. Come on, we that's ridiculous. Oh, God. Didn't. What? <laughs> Marie Kondo is awful. So much where more would useful you, to society, though. Where would you put it against BMX Bandits, Eden? Oh, below. Below. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I would probably put it below BMX Bandits. I really enjoyed that kind of... 80s pop vibe. It had a little bit more energy, a little bit more playfulness. But the club, I still think, is a is a classic in in its own right. <laughs> I think that's a perfect summary for us to finish on. So, look, have you seen the club? Will you see the club just despite Aiden? Let us Don't know on our social media feeds. It's been a pleasure to have you in our change rooms. I'm gonna flick you all with a towel on the way out. Goodbye. <laughs> Boy. <Ugh. laughs> Ha 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 